Hey everyone, welcome again to Ask. I'm Pastor Jamie at Cornerstone Church. Some great questions this week that you're gonna wanna listen to because you probably have them as well, including are there still miracles today like in the Bible? Great one, this edition of Ask. So this is, of course, if you've never seen us before, an Ask uh, episode where you, the viewer, actually submit questions. You just go to cornerstonebv.org, media page, drop down, ask, Leave your question, don't have to leave your name, Bible, life, etc. We want them. If you have one, other people do. In an upcoming episode, your question will get answered. So hopefully you'll do that. Um, today, uh, somebody asked uh, through our website, does God still work miracles like in the Bible? Or was most of that activity centered around those specific times and events? So great question. It really, so um, first of all, God still absolutely works in our day today. So what we would see is a miracle or something outside of the realm of what you would normally expect to happen in science or in health, right? Or just in life, right? If you, there's certain things you can predict that God can intervene and do something that we see as very unpredictable. So can God still heal? Yes. You read James, call your elders to pray over you for healing, anoint you with oil. Um, we're called to pray for every circumstance and in every circumstance to ask God to heal, to deliver, to do something that seems impossible or seems highly unlikely. That's called faith, right? And so we absolutely should do that. So let's differentiate a little bit. So I think what the question is really getting at is do we still see miracles like um, when, you know, the second question which is going to go with this, when Peter tells the beggar to get up in the book of Acts, right? Or um, and, and so you kind of see the, the miracles that Jesus did, which is a little bit different than praying for God to heal and then waiting on that and seeing, well, is he going to? We believe he can, but will he? And, and, and more saying, hey, get up with a full assurance and confidence that someone will. Does that still happen today? So you really hit on a touchy subject, I think, amongst very good biblical evangelical scholars. There's a couple of, there's really more than this, but two major schools of thought. There are um, what some would call the, a continuist um, when it comes to miracles and other gifts as well, but let's just stick with miracles. And a, a prominent uh, continuist would be John Piper. Piper's awesome, awesome writer, preacher, pastor, right? And he's a continuist. So that means, yes, those types of gifts, including miracles, do still happen today, right? Um, and, and, and so, uh, you, because, and then there's, let me just say the second school of thought, which a prominent person, um, would be John MacArthur, if you know who John MacArthur is. That's called a cessationist. That means they believe these gifts, including miracles, in that kind of way, not to stop praying for healing, but that get up and walk kind of miracle uh, ceased with the apostles. That was the first generation after Jesus, those who knew, met Jesus, walked with Jesus, and were given very specific office called the apostle to be the sent ones for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And cessationist says, hey, when you look in the Bible, Jesus did miracles to prove to people he is who he says he is, right? And, and will do what he says. So you can trust him because he has, he does these miracles, right? So then the apostles, similarly, now they can be trusted with the message of the gospel as it goes forward, not just to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. And so um, the cessationist says, yeah, they did miracles as you read in the Bible, but that has ceased because we have the confirmed canon or the Bible um, that is not to be changed. And so you can trust the word of God 
and you, and you have that trustworthiness throughout centuries of, of the church history and Christianity that no longer is there a need to emphasize those types of miracles. That's what a cessationist believes. Now, what do I think? Um, it's, it's impossible for me personally to be a cessationist because I just don't see it in Scripture. And so that might be the case. It might mean Jesus says, yeah, actually, uh, you know, MacArthur was more right than, than Piper. And I'm fine with that. That's fine with me. I, I'm not saying that couldn't be the case. Uh, I think they make some good arguments, but um, for me, if, if you don't see it in Scripture, then I'm not going to go wholesale 100% on it, okay? Now, what does that mean, though, for today? Does that mean you and I walk around telling people to get up? No. I would say the miracles do still, even today, when they happen like that, are to confirm the message of the gospel. So they're more likely to happen in places in the world where the gospel hasn't been preached or shared or very limited, right? And the, and the Bible is not available, right? So you, so there could be a missionary, maybe a miracle could happen to confirm what he's telling them about the gospel. So that, that what it all comes down to is we need to be careful of not focusing on the miracle itself. It was never Jesus' focus. That was never the apostles' focus. It was the message of who Jesus is and what he's done. The miracle confirms that. So if that still happens today, it would still play that role, okay? So don't get caught up in whether or not you can perform miracles, but if God performs one through you, you'll know, all right? And that brings us to the second question, which is really, I'm not sure if the same person asked it, but it really goes along with this. Let me read it for you. How did Peter know to tell the beggar to get up and walk in Acts chapter three? I feel like if I try that sort of thing, I'm gonna pick someone for whom, uh, uh, a miraculous healing doesn't happen to be God's will for them, or if I don't, I'm gonna walk right by and miss a chance to minister to someone in that way. All right, so I, I really appreciate your heart behind this, and, and if you didn't understand the question, let me just kind of clarify. The person is asking, like, how did Peter know, like, this person is who God wants to heal? Because I'm gonna be walking down the street, and here's someone in a wheelchair or addicted to drugs, and uh, do I say, be, go, be healed or, you know, break free of your addiction, done. And a miracle happens, I would probably pick someone who that wouldn't happen. I wouldn't know enough like Peter knows. But what if I walk on by without the confidence and I miss that opportunity? So breathe, okay? God is not looking for you to figure this out like a puzzle. Again, as I just mentioned, Peter is different than you and me. Not better before God, different. He has a different role. He was an apostle. He walked with Jesus for three years. He saw everything there was to see, heard everything there was to hear, and was commissioned by God in a special office that doesn't exist anymore of apostle, right? Not disciple, we're still disciples, followers of Jesus. This is a sent out office of apostle. And Peter was one of those, right? Along with the other uh, 11, and then Paul was as well, and, 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 and down the line. But th those were very specific criteria, and from them we get our scriptures, our New Testament scriptures and the miracles were to confirm that. And so Peter was led by the Holy Spirit and felt the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's never told to us how Peter knew that, but he definitely knew. You aren't Peter, and so you don't need to worry about that. If God is going to do that, if he's gonna make it through you, he's gonna make it very clear. I would not walk around yelling, get up to people who are crippled, um, unless God's very clear to you to do that. Does that mean you can't stop and love on that person and pray for that person and share the gospel with that person? That's the opportunity God is asking you to look for, not for physical healing, but spiritual, okay? And, um, and, and so much, that, that's the way to be as a Christian today.
Okay, hopefully that helps. Let's do one more and finish off for the week, but I love this, studying in Matthew. I was confused, Matthew 15, 24 specifically, where Jesus said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. And he says, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. This sounds harsh, right? Uh, confused because it contradicts with Romans 1, 16, where it says the gospel saves Jews and Gentiles as well. Both verses are obviously true, but where did this transition happen? The Jews eventually, um, uh, uh, from only saving the Jews and eventually defining that he saves Jews and Gentiles. So it comes down to like, Jesus came for all, right? So why did he say that? And the promise of the gospel as we read scripture as it was revealed from Christ through the, the apostles, you read as it's revealed in the New Testament, there was a very specific order that was promised to be given to the descendants of Abraham. That's Israel, right? Those are Jews. And that they're first, they're God's chosen people. But this was promised way back in the Old Testament through the line of Abraham or the Jewish people. It is to be a blessing to all the nations on the planet, Gentiles, okay? That's always been the, the promise of God and Jesus didn't contradict that. But the order's always been that too. Jews first, through the Jews, will go to the Gentiles. And if you read the book of Acts, that's what happens, right? Is um, Jesus primarily spent time with Jews right? And his apostles, they're all Jews, right? They're, I mean, he did, as we see in this with the woman here, uh, he deals with um, Gentiles as well, but primarily Jews because that was the mission. That was the, the, the way that God had orchestrated it to happen. And so, but he also gave the final commission, right? Go to the, the Samaritans and to the ends of the earth, the Gentiles. And so you see in the book of Acts that play out, right? The Jews mainly in Pentecost, the early chapters of the book of Acts, are the ones who are Christians. But then persecution happens and they go. The apostle Paul goes. And now the Samaritans get saved and plenty of Gentiles get saved. So it was always the plan, but there was an order to it um, for God's very particular reasons. So this woman is a Gentile. She asks for uh, help from Jesus and he says this to her. Now, on one hand is stating correct. Like, look, I started, I'm here mainly primarily for God's chosen people, right? But we also know that he eventually does heal her. Why? Because she shows great faith. So it seems like Jesus says this, even though it's a true statement, more to test her faith. Is she willing to say, I don't care, I believe in you. And now Jesus has a great uh, example for later on down the line, preserved in scripture to say, hey, you're ultimately not saved because you're a Jew or because you are or not a Gentile. You're saved by your faith in me. Right? So I think that's what he was doing with her in that moment. Awesome question. Hopefully that helps. Remember to ask your questions. CornerstoneBV.org and sign up for a worship service. One of our three gatherings um, this upcoming weekend. All right. God bless. We will see you soon.